Welcome to our podcast. I'm Excel. I'm Alexa. I'm Kim. And I'm Bella. And today we will be speaking on the topic of mass incarceration. First, we would like to explain what exactly mass incarceration is. Mass incarceration is the unique way the U.S. has locked up a vast population in federal and state prisons, as well as local jails based off of race. Due to this, many issues have occurred, such as discrimination towards certain races and overpopulation in prisons. The U.S. has nearly 25% of the world's prison population, which is 2.3 million people in jail and prison today. Statistics show that African Americans and Hispanics are most likely to go to prison than white men and women. Looking at our overage state rates of incarceration, we see that overall blacks are incarcerated at a rate of 1,408 per 100,000, while whites are incarcerated at a rate of 275 per 100,000. The future, the prison business is likely to be blooming again as the markets are already indicating and black and Latino teens and young adults will fuel that rebound. Prison reform advocates who've been working for decades to chase out these troublesome properties and decrease the nation's ignominious incarceration rates should understandably be panicking. What can we do to help? Cultural competency, training for law enforcement, public action to oppose laws that might increase the number of minorities found in the system and encouraging the use of continual legal education hours for prosecutors, for those individuals who, despite policy, a level change and improved practices, still find themselves in prison. Education programs could be beneficial. Learning a new trade or business skill are the things that can help to make the reintegration process easier, reduce the chances of becoming a repeat offender, and increase the chances of finding gainful employment. It'll be 2049 when the federal prison population returns to normal, 33 years from now. It'll be 2122 when the state prison population return to normal 106 years from now and in 2084 the local jail populations return to normal 68 years from now it'll be 2098 when the population under probation and parole supervision returns to normal 82 years from now Next, we are going to be interviewing a very special guest, and she will be 
telling us about her experiences with mass incarceration. So here today we have with us Monica Mejia and she will be sharing her experience um, with mass incarceration and we had prepared a few questions for her so our first question is how can you relate to the topic of mass incarceration? I relate to this topic because the father of my children was wrongfully charged with a long sentence for a minor crime he committed. What was his sentence and what was he charged for? Uh, his sentence was 10 years and um, he was charged for uh, shooting up in the air. Just to be sure nobody was hurt in this act, correct? That is correct. So another question we have is how has this affected you and your family? Well, what can I say? I mean, it affected me in so many ways. Um, you know, to, to begin with, my kids um, grew up without knowing their father. Um, you know, emotionally, it was really hard. Uh, financially, it was very hard as well. Um, you know, and like I mentioned, the worst part of all was um, my kids never got the time to spend time with him. And um, he's been recently re released. And, you know, right now, my children feel like he's a stranger to them. So they're starting to develop a relationship, but it's been really hard. Did you and your family ever have the chance to go visit him? Um, yeah, out of the 10 years, we were able to go and see him twice. Um, first time was in uh, California City. We drove about four to five hours to get there. Um, that, was, that was extremely sad because we saw him through a screen and through a phone we couldn't even like see him through a glass door it was literally a screen the second time we went all the way down to um is it Blythe or Blythe California yeah and um that it was a surprise um he wasn't aware that we were gonna go see him and um that time the kids got to hug him and um you know spend a little time but it was still awkward. How would you rate the visits on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best? I would probably put it at 2. Um, and those two different occasions, um, I wasn't aware of all the different um, things that you can't take. Or um, Alexa had to, <laughs> one occasion, um, the first occasion she had to change probably like two, three times. Luckily, they do have like a closet there where you could go and choose clothes. Um, the second time, um, she, it w I had to change and she had to change too. So um, yeah, it was really difficult to get inside and see him. Okay, so we have one last question for you, which is what is your opinion on mass incarceration? My opinion is that it is unfair for someone to be uh, charged with more time because of the color of their skin or their background. It is unfortunate uh, that many families have to go through this type of discrimination. Um, you know, many kids of color as a, as a young age are seen as inmates. Uh, it's more like a stereotype. I believe people should be given um, fair sentences 
not based on their color or their background. Also, we should all be treated equally. Something has to change. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And we will be moving on to our next section of the podcast, which is talking about the pros of mass incarceration. Moving on and talking about the pros of mass incarceration in a political, social, economical, and psychological manner. Counterclaim pros. Mass incarceration may not seem morally correct, but it also claims to help economically, politically, socially, and psychologically. Ways that it helps economically are by helping maintain culture of economic dependency, which is good for owners and capitalists, reduces competition for entry-level, access jobs, reduces competition for college resources, reduces competition for professional jobs, makes military and or low-wage jobs appear desirable, induces acceptance of low-wage jobs for fear of failing lower, it validates the existing economic invalidates underground economy keeps underground economy in check by putting underground entrepreneurs in their place revelizes the economies of communities destroyed by corporate farming bo- bolsters consumer confidence makes the world safe for capital investment Preserves culture of haves, ensures rich and poor structures of society. Ways it helps politically are provides politicians with the perfect political argument, a primal reason to be, helps disenfranchise poor and working class, removes disgruntled people from citizenship, prevents people from organizing social slash political movements from fomenting consequential residents to status quo, preserves culture of haves, guarantees political control for the powerful. Ways that mass incarceration helps socially are that it keeps poor people on good behavior, which is productive and not threatening. It reinforces class and race division, provides dramatic justification for maintaining those two. It provides dramatic diversion from corporate and crime. It reinforces liberal ideology of individualism. And lastly, it preserves culture of haves, teaches social norms. Ways that mass incarceration helps psychologically is that it provides material structure for sacrificial scapegoating which allows free people to feel good it allows privileged people to feel deserving of their privileges virtues justify social injustice and ease the conscience it provides an ambiguous morality tied to the preservations of dominant values such as 
private property. And lastly, it preserves cultures of have making people feel good about who they are because they are not in prison. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope to see change within mass incarceration and to help prisoners who experience it.